Welcome to episode 17 of Golden Shower of Hits. Today the guys will be discussing Rival School's 2001 debut record, United by Fate. I'm a huge Quicksand fan, and this album is basically Walter Schrieffel's writing Quicksand songs in major keys, and I absolutely love it. Jamie and I have spent countless hours listening to it on road trips over the years, and he loves it as much as I do. That means that for once, Mike is the wild card for my wrath on this episode. We'll see what he has to say about it. Seriously, dude. <laughs> it didn't ring, man. I swear. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it what it was. It was weird, but yeah, uh, like I got the notification from your text message, and I looked down, and same as last week, I looked down and I go to accept the call, and I hit the big red button. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's got a phone on it. To be fair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why not? Oh well. How you doing? You all right? Uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. I. Uh, we had to put our dog, one of our dogs down yesterday. So it's been a rough couple of days, but right. You know, um, he had like a, uh, we think he had dementia or something. So over the past year or so, he's been like slowly disengaging from us, you know, Uh, like I don't, I don't think he's made eye contact with me for the last like two or three months. So, and he pretty much just, you know, would sleep and, wake up to eat and go to the bathroom and then go back to sleep. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's definitely a different situation than it was with our, the last dog, um, Bosco that we had to put down who, you know, seemed fine. And then we found out he had brain cancer and, you know, we only had a few days to prepare for right. uh, that, you know, so it's weird being on both sides of it, you know, um, where it's unexpected and it's, you know, kind of known and it's, it's kind of funny because I've given that thought recently, like, you know, is it worse to, uh, I mean, like with a human, like, you know, say you got in a car accident and all and died and like all of a sudden you were just gone, you know, is that worse than better, than, better or worse than you having a long bout with cancer or something? You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I don't know. And I still don't I know. I think I would know. rather disappear just like light out just light switch for you or for for i think it's the best way for anyone so like the people that you care about you you think that the the best thing is for you to just vanish one day 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I know that it doesn't, I know that sounds kind of harsh, but, and this is a hard thing, this is a hard rule to live by, but if you just, if you treat people well, (laughs) you know what I mean? If you treat people like you love them and you, right, uh, the people that you love, if you, if they know you love them and you know they love you, then every day could be the last day and you're not going to have any regrets and I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, I don't know. suffering is not right. A great way to end a run of being alive. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I guess uh, I guess I hope when I die, I have a little, maybe a little bit of advance warning. <laughs> but you know, I mean, why why would you want that though? I always, uh, you know, my my whole life is just like a to-do list, you know, of all sorts of different things. And, you know, after my heart attack, um, there was about a six month window before I could get an operation, uh, to help fix things. And so for that six months, I would, every single night when I would go to bed, I would sit on the edge of the bed and think, okay, if I don't wake up in the morning, which is entirely possible, right. Is everything squared away, you know? And that was gnarly, you know, but I think that was probably better than just all of a sudden, you know, having all these loose ends, you know, because, you know, I own a business with my wife and, you know, there's things, aspects of the business that I take care of that she doesn't um, do. And so I need to make sure that, you know, and how do I like teach her everything I do in case I die and vice versa, you know, um, so, yeah, I have a Google Doc called, uh, I think it's called, like, in the event of my untimely passing. <laughs> and it just has, like, Christ. just has a bunch of instructions. Well, it has a bunch of instructions, like what? how to renew our domain name, you know, shit like that. Shit that's right. really important that she's going to need to, you know, know. Why does it have to be called in the event of my untimely <laughs> passing? How fucking dramatic. <laughs> like, why can't it just be called... The fucking Jamie manual. Yeah, uh, that's actually not a bad idea. Let me see if I can figure out what it's actually called. I mean, <laughs> come on. That's pretty Student dramatic, you know? Let's see. And it's just like this dark fucking magnetic weight sitting o- <laughs> sitting on your desktop or whatever. Yeah, knowing you, you probably printed it and put it in a three ring binder. Yeah, it's called In the Event of My Demise and Death. <laughs> What's the difference? That's like d- double yeah. death. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Well, I figured, uh, you know, there's a lot of Google, there's a lot of stuff in here. So she's going to probably Google for death <laughs> to find the document. <laughs> she's not very organized with her electronic files, so I figured. Well, we have that in common. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Mm, yeah, so I talked to a friend of mine who last Sunday mm-hmm. was drinking his coffee in the morning and fell down on the ground and oh. had heart failure. No, they rushed him to the hospital. He was his his heart rate was twenty beats per minute. Wow! And you know they put a pacemaker in him. Yeah, and um, fuck. I mean, I talked to him on Thursday. He had been home for a couple days. Yeah. It was just like bing, bang, boom. Yeah, it's crazy with how how much, you know, we, we talk about things like why haven't they cured cancer yet, right? And it seems like there's just like no movement on that front. But, you know, 
they really have. They haven't cured it, but they've definitely made things a lot better for people than it used to be. Like a friend of mine is going some, through some cancer, cancer therapy right now, and he's doing immunotherapy. So instead of it like them like killing down, killing your immune system and hoping to kill the cancer with um, uh, radiation and whatnot, um, it actually it, this his thing is called immunotherapy and it basically like super boosts his immune system. So it's kind of the opposite. So that is immune system will attack the cancer. So, you know, there's stuff like that. And, and, you know, the, the thing with, uh, like my heart attack, you know, 10 years ago, they would have had to crack my whole chest open to do what they needed to do. And, you know, when they did my operation, they just went in through, uh, they just, the they femoral have, artery or whatever. Wait a minute. Thigh. They would have had to crack your, rib cage open and tell you to stop eating double bacon cheeseburgers <laughs> that's crazy is that where your earlobe is <laughs> so yeah you know uh medical stuff has gotten a lot better you know um, right like the you know even the pacemaker stuff so the electrical problems with the heart so well i'm glad he's okay man oh dude he was really shaken up you know yeah i bet i'm I, oh this is the part that I neglected to tell you. He didn't just go to the hospital. He went to the hospital, and while he was there, he flatlined. Oh, wow. For like 18 seconds. Wow. And that's insane. Yeah, I always wonder about that. Like, so uh, th this is. Really I didn't pry too much because I was just like, you know what? Probably not the time to ask questions about. Right, right, the, right. That that eighteen seconds of his Sunday. Right, but well, here's what I, here's he did what I say wonder. that you know everything started to fade away and he saw a light and he but he was just like he was like I can see how it could be peaceful for some people you know if they were yeah. ready to go but I'm not ready to go. He's like yeah. I was I was fighting and thrashing and terrified. Yeah, that's so, so you're, fucked. So your heart, I mean. Technically, the only reason you need your heart is to move blood around and move oxygen around in your body, right? And yeah. nutrients and sugar and all that stuff. So how long, I guess, how long, once your heart stops beating, how long are you aware for? You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Because you got to be aware for a little while. It's not like, you know, a light switch when your heart turns off. I mean, you, you got at least a few seconds of you know, blood oxygen and glucose and all that stuff in your blood, keeping your brain alive. So yeah, I always wonder that. And, and I always, and I often wonder like, okay, if your heart stops beating, are you like, holy shit, <laughs> you know, like right. my heart stopped beating, you know? Uh, yeah. So I read a, I, I don't remember if I read this or if I listened to a podcast or if it was a, if it was one of those like TV shows where they just go, they talk about weird shit, but there was a, they were talking about people who are executed by way of guillotine. Oh yeah, and that the uh, once the like head was detached from the body, like mm -hmm. the head didn't immediately die. Right. You know that would that, make sense. That the head, like the person's head, was like you know probably not probably in a state of extreme shock, but right. it was like maybe either blink, you know, like there's all, there's just like, you know, they don't do that shit anymore, but yeah. Um, you know, that's all like written history. There's no, right. you know, they didn't have the people that were witnessing the execution. They didn't have their iPhones out. 
right. they weren't live they weren't live streaming it yeah although I, I i do think they did beheadings in france until the 19th 20th century yeah i mean that doesn't that doesn't sound Which unfamiliar is crazy if you think about it it just seems so like medieval you know what i we mean we still and, electrocute people uh, yeah that's true you know i mean killing people in general is just fucking yeah barbaric you know yeah unfortunately if you search for beheadings in france it brings up recent murders not yeah the historical stuff which yeah i'm not gonna there goes your algorithm jesus christ right terrorist yeah (laughs) you're on so many lists man (laughs) you're on so many lists buddy Uh, fine have you watched uh, that terrifying, shitty movie? Uh, there's a documentary about how the internet works or whatever. Is that the one that people watch and then a bunch of people quit Facebook? Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's on like Netflix or something. It's kind of recent, right? Yeah. You know, I have not, but I already know how all this stuff works and I'm fine with it. So, right. you know, uh, I, I, I feel like we might have talked about this before. But I don't have a problem with targeted advertising. I think targeted advertising is fucking great. I think like, it's better I, than having getting a pummeled by ads that you have no interest in. Right. Like recent. Yeah, here's a classic example. So on Facebook, uh, I started getting targeted advertising from a place called Pro Audio something. Um, and like, God, it seems like it's constantly in my feed. But uh, I've been looking for a new, I was thinking about getting a new pair of headphones for recording and they're having a sale on a pair of headphones for recording. And I clicked on the ad and I bought the fucking headphones and I saved myself 30 bucks over what I would have paid at Amazon. So I would way rather see that shit than see like a light beer commercial or whatever, you know, shit right. that I, I, you know, I'm not interested in. I'm not going to buy like and people are just so whacked out of uh, you know regarding like targeted advertising and i think it's i would way rather see targeted ads than you know whatever they show on tv so but the you know though the details those personal details can also be exploited and furthermore that you know the show goes into talking about how it's a very, you know, there's a very unhealthy science behind getting people addicted to their devices, like the right. way it, the way it interacts with you, mm-hmm. you know, some like intelligently or whatever. Right. But, um, you know, it, you can't turn notifications off. You can, um, you know, and it's like, again, when I sit down on the toilet in 1995, I read the shampoo bottle. But now in 2020, I look at my phone and I'm, you know, pushed photos of vintage Kiss shows, uh, vintage Marshalls and Gibsons, old school BMX and pugs. Like it's fucking win, 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 dude. It's all my (laughs) favorite shit. Like why? No, I mean, I mean, I got, I am not complaining. I love, you know, I love seeing, Guitar sales. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I know that they're there to try to suck me into watching whatever or spending more time on their platform. And, um, 
but I'm able to put it down when I need to have my life, you know, like when I need to go to work or wash the dishes or, you know, whatever. And, you know, maybe people have some sort of addiction thing where they, you know, that's all they, I, I don't know, but, right. um, yeah, it's just short bursts of entertainment and it's curated shit that I like. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight with you on this one. And you know, I like that the that the algorithm is not, you know, uh, pushing Donald Trump posts to you me know or what, whatever. Yeah, Check this great. out, dude. When I go to YouTube, I get uh, yes. fucking Trump ads. I do too. Is it because I think it's because I'm a fucking almost fifty year old white guy? <laughs> I, yeah, I wonder if that's what it is. That sucks, man. Yeah, yeah. You guys are barking up the wrong tree on that one. Oh yeah. No, I, I mean. <laughs> It fucking I think I get, sucks. I think I get more liberal with age, to be honest with you. So, uh, I just uh, seeing his face just makes makes me feel gross. Yeah. Well, we got another probably twelve years of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> don't say it, dude. <laughs> don't say That's that shit. True. Well, you know. Look. My predictions are always. Do you wrong. mean that you and I are going to be dead in twelve years? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no, my predictions are almost always wrong. So I'm predicting. Uh, yeah, Trump's not leaving the White House anytime soon. Uh, so hopefully, I'll be wrong. I sure hope so. Hey, speaking of being wrong. Oh, oh man! You know what? <laughs> I would have totally forgot again. Did he actually type this up for you? Of course not. Can I? <laughs> Can I can I give the intro on this? He was unprepared. Can I, <laughs> can I give the intro for this? You can. Can I introduce this to the listeners? Please so do. I don't even know what episode it was, but it was a few episodes ago. Yeah. Jamie told a story about playing a show with John where John only brought one guitar and broke a string and had to play some guitar of Jamie's that he hated. And uh this of course infuriated John because apparently it was not true and he prides himself on his preparation and he went to great lengths to prove it I was privy to all of this group texting where there was a bunch <laughs> of infighting and Jamie baiting and it was glorious I loved it every minute of it every every little character that was on the uh, <laughs> that came up in text and so Jamie, now, as a part of uh, John's proving Jamie wrong, um, demands a retraction. Yep. So um, I was wrong. John was right. John did bring two guitars to the show and broke strings on two guitars and had to use <laughs> my guitar as a backup, which I thoroughly enjoyed and uh yeah i'm usually pretty good at remembering details about things and i'm really surprised that i had this completely wrong and john was prepared so good on john and uh i'm yeah. you know what i'm That's surprised him. by what's that i'm surprised that you aren't knocking him for not having his guitars prepared by like filing the burrs out of his saddles and making sure it was set up properly so he didn't break strings <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know I bring my stuff to Ryan at Eastside in Portland. Well, he's and the best. Sure my stuff's all in tip-top shape, but, you know, I don't know who John brings his stuff to, but he either didn't or 
whatever. (laughs) I have, you know, I used to live at 45th and Division. Yeah. And Ryan was working at another guitar store at that time when he, I don't know if he first got to Portland then. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like. He's working for Trade Up, I think. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, And I would just go in there and just hang out. Just like, just be in his business, you know? Yeah. It was great. <laughs> I'm sure he loved it. I love to do that. If I <laughs> if I find someone that will tolerate me. I mean, I don't have time for that shit anymore. But yeah. back when I was young and I was like, I got all the time in the world to live. Right. Um, yeah. I would just find someone that would tolerate me and just go and just hang out. Yeah. Just be in their place. And, you yeah. know, a guitar store is a great place to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I used to spend a lot of time at trade up too, but you know, I don't know that those jobs are that well paying. And, uh, so guitar stores tend to have a lot of turnover and, you know, as I got older, it's like, (laughs) I'm not as social as I once was. So now I just go in and buy my strings or what, you know, window shop or whatever and get the hell out. And I don't know anybody that works at any real, really anybody that works at any Portland guitar stores anymore other than Centaur. I know the guys there, they're fucking awesome. So they're rad. Um, but have you been in there lately? Centaur? No, it's been a, been a little while. Oh, and I know Knuckles. He works at, uh, what's it called? Thunder Horse, Thunder Road. (laughs) Whatever. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. They got some good stuff there, but it's, it's pretty pricey. It's, it's too rich for my blood usually so right but yeah, yeah it's, Knuckles is great it's a high-end spot yeah uh there are a couple places up here that i like to go um you know i'm not i'm not down in the city anymore there are a few good spots down there but there's so a sp- quick question do yeah. they still have wasn't there a road in manhattan that was like the music store road is it called like nah, it's it was like 45th or something is that gone yeah it's gone okay yeah that is no moss one of my favorite yeah, no, little I'm, spots that's up in Troy, they have a vintage Echoplex that just came in. I know that you don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> I don't pretend to. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> you <laughs> suck. God, you're Sorry, the worst. It's, it's like a reverb or something, right? Yeah, it's just something like that. Yeah. Mm. Is, that the, is that the thing that has a tape built into it? It's like a tape loop or something. That's right. Okay. It's a tape. Seriously? Is that right? Yeah. Hey. All right. I paid attention a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, Pretty cool, though. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's probably, you know, I don't need that, but it'd be cool to need it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it'd be way cooler to need it. I have all kinds of stuff I don't need. I don't don't need that fifth SG that I have. (laughs) But yeah, I'm pretty psyched that I have it, you know, so. I think I told you I'm all fired up about Jazz Masters now for some reason. Oh, yeah. Jazz Masters and, and maybe even more Jaguars. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You initially talked Which about Jaguars. It's really weird. I don't, I don't know why, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to fight really it. They had a really cool uh, Johnny Marr Jaguar at, uh, there was some like high-end guitar store uh, downtown, downtown in Portland for a while. I think they're famous for doing like effects loop or effects loop, effect pedal videos or something. Yeah. But I think they closed maybe. I don't remember what they were called. They were called the Pro, Pro Guitar Shop. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they had a really cool uh, Johnny Marr Jaguar I played one day when I was there. So They're pretty expensive. Yeah. I'd um, like to... Um, I really like to go on a guitar safari shopping trip to uh, Seattle. Uh, Emeralds, what is it? Emerald City Guitars looks rad. Yeah, and uh, there's a Thunder Road up there as well. And uh, Mike, what's it called? Mike and Mike's. Mike and Some, Mike's Guitar Bar is they got is pretty extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. I went in there for the first time last February when I was back there playing a show. Yeah, and I was just like. I was kind of blown away. Just the vibe. Like, it's got a very chic vibe. Oh, really? Also, it's very fancy. It The stuff doesn't seem that expensive. You know, it, the prices aren't, aren't outrageous no. uh, by comparison. Uh, and, you know, for me to, like, have anything that I'm remotely interested in at this point, you know, I mean, I have so many guitars and they're great. You know, there's consistently one or two or maybe even three things in my reverb watch list that are from that Mike Mike's place. So right, it's pretty amazing, actually. So yeah, no, they're they're pretty rad. They're, yeah, it's so great. one of these days, one of these days, I'd like to go up there, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, just do it. Why not? You can drive up there and back in a day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, maybe the next time. Um, we usually go to Washington. We go to like Kent for the guitar show up there once a year. Right, might be a good idea to go a little farther and check that place out. Well, I wouldn't. Places, I wouldn't know? count on ha- the guitar show happening next year. Yeah, probably not. You know. Yeah. What? When was it? Was it December? Last December that I was up in Portland and we all went to a guitar show. Uh yeah. Um, I think it was. Uh, it's funny. I I actually looked at that picture last night of you in the basement. And, uh, Mike, I think it was November you were up. November? Uh, let's uh, see. November 13th, yep. Wow, really? Yeah. Because huh, huh. the, the photos that I have, if you look at the thing, they have the date on them, so. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Look at that. Well, Mike's um, Wires. Huh? In Portland. Mike's Wires in Portland. Wow. It's labeled? Uh, the, all the photos have metadata. So typically when you take a photo with your phone, it geotags, uh, the location, and but the, it also adds like the face date recognition stuff. too. Um, the photos app does. So I have you tagged as Mike Squires. So I just open the photos app and type Mike Squires and every photo I have of you pops up and I just click on that photo and click info and tells Hun- me the date. Hundreds of photos that you save from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Just late night, uh, late night web browsing. It's funny, you know, I have, uh, you know, I don't talk to anybody anymore, and but I talk to you every single week. I have seven photos of you. <laughs> really? That's kind of a lot. Yeah. I, I don't have seven photos of you. Well, technically, there's two photos of you. Uh, just one photo is we have four takes of it <laughs> and then another photo. <laughs> another what photo. is the photo? It's uh, me, you and Jen out in front of that restaurant we went to. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then I have another photo of you in the basement playing guitar, but there's like three of the same photo of you playing guitar. So is it the SG? Uh, you're actually playing now Les Paul. Really? Yeah. I forget that you even have Les Pauls. Yeah, it's because I only have <laughs> only have six of them. 
You're such uh, a dick. <laughs> I was uh, counting all the SGs the other day, and I realized that, yeah, I have uh, way more SGs than Les Pauls. And, and I think of myself as an SG. I think of myself as an SG player, so uh, none. That's exactly correct. <laughs> and I don't. How many Les Pauls have you had, though? Uh, I know you've had at least two. That does that include Three. juniors? Uh, well, I would think it's so. called a Les Paul, right? Yeah, it says Les Paul on the headstock. Yeah, so let's see: one, two, uh, three, <laughs> four, five. Uh, maybe only five. Okay. Yeah. Gotta stop selling them. Probably six. Yeah. You know, but did you? Uh, there's a picture of you. I think is it on your Wikipedia page where you're playing a black Les Paul custom? Was that yours? Yeah, I was really into having a black Les Paul custom for a while, and uh, it just it was a troubled relationship. And I didn't have a good <laughs> go with it. The funny thing is, is that I bought like fucking four Les Pauls in one year. Yeah, and ended up with two. Um, Would you return them or something or what? Yeah, well, one was a turd. One sounded terrible. It was really really bright. Oh, um, and then. It was like a 58 custom shop, some yeah. something or other. It also was like a sunburst, like a tobacco burst kind of looking yeah. thing. And not my favorite. Just color. not really my thing, I think. So yeah, brought that back, went trade traded up and got the custom and had what was called a it called. It was whatever replaced the standard. Like there's a Les Paul standard, but that the standard is like chambered now, right? Right. The standard. Oh, a traditional? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a traditional. And before they were before they did all the weird shit to it. Like they have like push pole pots yeah, on them yeah. now and stuff. This was just like a straight Les Paul. And if you ran right. your hand down the neck, it just felt it felt like it was all wavy, you know, along the binding. Oh, wow. It was just like right. super weird. But I uh I came to love that guitar more than the others way more than the shitty custom that i had and i brought that back got a replacement and it was good but i think my just my whole thing and you know my feeling about gibson is pretty troubled um (laughs) you know they've harassed friends of mine and um i think they make some cool guitars they historically have brought a bunch of amazing guitars into the world but just that my experience with those les pauls kind of bummed me out honestly if i was gonna i would buy an epiphone really yeah they're fucking great i hear they're great um you know japan makes all kinds of great stuff so they're not even made in japan oh they're not no Hmm. they're made in korea oh korea makes good stuff that's where sampling stuff's made yeah, dude. Tons of, I mean, the, people are making great guitars everywhere, you know? Yeah. They're constant, they constantly have to move because once the market starts flooding the, you know, it's supply and demand. Right. Once a factory opens and starts manufacturing guitars, they hit capacity and the price goes up. Right. So people have to move. Like Yamaha, they have their own factory in, I think, maybe Indonesia. Mm-hmm. And... You know, a lot of people are a lot of people are doing that now, not with their own factories, but yeah. I keep wondering, um, and I know that I'm 
me personally is the wrench in this uh, hypothesis. But, you know, with for the most part, guitars last. I mean, you know, I have two guitars that were built in 1966. So they're what over 50 years old. Right. But people die. Right. And also kids are there's not you know, kids aren't into rock and roll like they used to be. You know, hip hop is huge. Yeah. I almost wonder like, you know, and so people die, but these guitars get sold and handed, you know, handed down and stuff. And I know I'm the exception because I have a shit ton of guitars, but I almost wonder if at some point there's going to be just too many guitars for new guitars to be made. You know what I mean? Sometimes I worry about just all the wood that is used. Yeah. And I've owned some guitars that had no wood. Well, I've owned like a, a Travis guitar. Bean or something. I had it was a, an electrical guitar company guitar. It was like plexiglass body and an aluminum neck, and it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, and it was a baritone. It just weighed like yeah, fucking seventeen pounds. Fuck, that's awesome. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think the guitar industry is gonna have to. They got a lot of shit to figure out. Yeah. Because this shit's not sustainable. Right. Yeah. You mean as far as wood and stuff or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not doing, like, society at large, we're not doing ourselves a real favor with the way we go on about our business. Yeah. I keep waiting for the price of, like, 150 watt amps to just plummet, but it doesn't seem to be happening you know like i I keep reading about you know all these bands that tour with kempers and axe effects and you know i see on facebook posts all the time like you don't need a hundred watt amp anymore and blah 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 because pas are so great and right great everybody loves the 20 20 watts and 15 watts and five watts and stuff but yeah the price of the hundred watts never seems to come down so yeah um now that you know I've probably mentioned this. Now that I have this fucking aux, I'm amp curious. Uh Uh-oh. And I have, you know, I didn't give two squirts of piss about amps six months ago. Because I can't really use them. Right. Uh, But, you know, that ship has sailed. Now I have this aux and I can plug anything into it. Except, I think that it caps out at 100 watts, so. Oh, Jesus, really? Yeah, I don't think you can plug anything more powerful than a hundred watts into it. So you can't, I can't plug a any kind of like Sound City, you know, or whatever. Right, right. Well, I wonder. Um, you know, I mean, a hundred watt Marshall is way more than a hundred watts. Right. Um, so, um, but perhaps that's you would, it. You would think they would. You know, it's like the most popular amp of all time. You would think they would have uh, made it so it supports that. You know, I might be wrong, but honestly, I have this like three and a half watt satellite combo amp that I unplug the auxiliary, you know, the unplug the speaker and just the speaker out and plug that into it and turn it all the way up. And it sounds killer. That's awesome. Oh yeah, dude. Um, they make a 20 watt amp that fits in a little lunchbox thing. Yeah. And I want one of those (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Should we talk about this record? Yeah, we should. (laughs) I'll the. We've been talking. People are just like, what the fuck? What are these fucking (laughs) assholes on about? Yeah. I'm not sorry. It's free to listen. Hey, you know what? It's free to listen. Yeah. I think uh, maybe I should edit all this out. And then when John complains that his uh, 
his apology <laughs> isn't on there. I'll be like, we had to cut it, dude, for time. Yeah, Mike wanted me to sorry, cut it. Had to cut it. <laughs> sorry, John. Um, I'll I'll be honest. I never heard this. Well, I never listened to this record before this last week. Really? I think I so heard it you- at a record store back when it came out. My buddy yeah. Nabil was like, "Hey, you'd probably like this." Mm-hmm. But back then, my music—I well, guess it's not any different now. My listening practices used to be a little more obsessive, um, and now I'm more song obsessed because Couchdrifts dominates my life, and so I'm right. I have to learn these songs, and so I get obsessed and and listen to these things over and over and over and over and over, and and it used to be records, yeah. And, um, you know, I was probably obsessed with something that was vastly different. And I was like, oh, yeah, it sounds like something I would have liked a year ago. Right. <laughs> you know? And so I, I, never, I never got into it. I never went down, never got down with it. But it's yeah. fucking great. Nice. I'm glad you like it. You put it on the fucking list, though, so you know that's going to knock <laughs> the grade down. I can't believe you put records on the list. How do, you, how do you know I put records on the list? Because you've already told me that you did. Shit. With your voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know. Yeah. Well, we needed some <laughs> We needed some good records on the list to offset what the <laughs> listeners submitted. <laughs> Winning win friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> yeah, I think... Um, so, you know, I was aware of, like, Gorilla Biscuits and quicksand and stuff like that um wasn't a fan just you know i knew that some of the songs in passing and then i went on a, a trip to california for a uh, bmx contest with uh, my roommate mad dog jeremy Matherly, and he brought this cd with and usually <laughs> surprise uh usually when i hear something new i don't like it for the first like two or three listens right um but that he put this record on and from the begin, you know, from the first song, I was like, this is amazing. And I think we listened to it from Portland all the way to San Francisco, just like on repeat driving for hours, listening to this record. And then we did, uh, I think we eventually went down to San Diego and then we drove back. And I think this is the only record we listened to that, that whole trip. Really? So yeah, I love this record. It's amazing. I, I mean, it's, it's worthy of having on repeat. Yeah. I'd say. Why not? Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's funny. I was just commenting on a, a friend's Facebook message about how I have a hard time praising things because I'm way better at pointing out the things I dislike right. <laughs> about things or things that disappoint me uh, in detail. And I have a limited vocabulary for expressing appreciation, unfortunately. And I, you know, that's a fucking personality flaw of mine, I guess. But yeah, Same. I like this record, it's man. Hard. I really like it. <laughs> 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 and I pretty much used up every word <laughs> that I know that is positive. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah. Jamie, let's explore your feelings. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Hey, I now. used to have a counselor, and she uh, she moved away. So if you want to be my new counselor, that might be a good idea. You drove her out of town. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think she went to a different uh, like family of hospitals or whatever. My insurance didn't cover anymore. So right. 
Well, she was cool though. If I was going to have a counselor, I think that I would definitely have a a woman counselor. Yeah, I did too. I think that women are smarter than men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that the the dynamic of whatever fucking leftover, you know, like this person is supposed to, you know, know some shit that you don't know. You're supposed to maybe learn something from the experience of talking to them. And there's just such a fatherly relationship there. Right. And I think that it's not a healthy way to go with men who had shitty fathers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I was raised by women and, you know, so I associate with them better, I think. Plus, you know, I'm not, I'm not much of a man's man. I don't like sports. I don't drink beer. You know, like, it's just not my thing. And and so, you know, it's hard for me to, you know, unless we're talking about BMX or punk rock, punk rock <laughs> you know, it's like, nah, I don't know really have anything to talk to you about, you know, or computers, you know. So, yeah, uh, female um, counselor was definitely the way to go for me. So did you talk to her about rival schools? I did not. <laughs> Ever? Never even brought uh, it up. Wow. I don't think so. We talked about uh, heavier things. So, right. Uh, I talked about rivalries with her, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of surprised. I guess it's a terrible segue. (laughs) I'm not that surprised that you didn't listen to Quicksand. This fucking Walter guy, though, has had a lot of bands. Dude, you're right. Um, You know, I actually spent. I spent the first part of the week listening to this record and then I spent today uh, kind of cramming some other stuff like Gorilla Biscuits and his previous bands. And, you know, in listening to Quicksand, I like it. Um, yeah. You know, like, wow, this is really good. I mean, it's definitely different than Rival Schools. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's funny. You know, I talk about playing in a punk band and stuff, but I am a sucker for a pop song, a good pop song, you know, like yeah. a major key, whatever. You know, love the fucking, love the Beatles and, you know, so uh, it's just like with punk rock. Well, you know, it's like I tell people like 98% of music sucks. 99% of punk rock music sucks, you know? Right. Uh, Punk rock is just the way I'm able to express my thoughts and feelings. It, It doesn't mean that I like it the best to listen as a listener, you know, so... But yeah, these songs are super catchy and there's so many things about this record that you would think I wouldn't like. You know what I mean? Like there's a ton of wah pedal and there's like vibrato on all these tracks. Um, it's like all kinds of I was of waiting that, for that to come up actually. Yeah. And it's it's great. You know, it's like in the Smiths, like, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the harmonica, but uh the Smiths used harmonica in a song and it was perfect. So, right. I thought it was interesting, uh, you know, in, you know, listening this week, uh, where I'm not just casually listening while I'm doing other stuff. I'm actually with headphones doing nothing else, sitting there listening to the music. And it's cool to discover things that you'd never heard before when you do, when you listen that way, you know? Right. Um, one of the things I really dug was they, um, they played, uh, there's a lot of acoustic guitar real low in the background. Yeah, 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 it's great. Which makes this, you know, just overall guitar sound so much bigger, you know? Um, so that was cool to hear. 
the, I think not enough people use acoustic guitar because, and it can be used to great effect. Just right. even like doublings, like obviously not in super heavy music, but yeah. if you introduce an acoustic guitar part in a chorus or a bridge or something, and you right. just lay it into the mix so that it's almost a percussive instrument, it's yeah. almost it's almost better than adding a shaker. And I fucking love a shaker. Really? Oh yeah, I love percussion. <laughs> I love that shit, dude. You kidding? <laughs> do you have the Do you have the shaker with the pick built in? <laughs> no, I no? don't. Okay. That's stupid. <laughs> I'm not into that stupid shit. Yeah, I remember um, reading Paul Stanley's book. He talked about how uh, when they were doing Destroyer with Bob Ezrin, he was telling him he got him to use acoustic guitars on uh, some songs on Destroyers just to kind of fatten up the guitars in general. Did you call and it Destroyers? No, did I? Oh <laughs> I know it's God. Destroyer. God, Jamie. <laughs> I don't think I said Destroyers. You know what? The proofs maybe in the pudding. I, yeah. Maybe maybe John will make me apologize for that one. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Can't wait for this text chain. <laughs> oh, good fucking um, God. But yeah, the drums sound great. The guy's a great drummer. The snare uh, sounds great. Just like the tuning on it. I love that they let the snare ring um, instead of, you know, totally choking it out with moon right. gel or whatever the fuck people do it's not overly compressed which is great you know it's like there's so many albums where everybody wants to cut quote unquote cut through the mix and it's like well when everybody's cutting through the mix nobody's cutting through the mix fellas you know right um and uh so this you know the drums seem to have space without a ton of fucking compression on them which drives me nuts um and uh yeah, I like the effects. There's there's not much I don't like about the album. The only thing, you know, the 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 one thing I dislike about the album and or Rival Schools is the bass player. Really? So we saw him play here at the Meow Meow, which was a really small all ages club. I think held like two or three hundred people. Right. And um, the bass player, when they played the show, he was tuned sharp, and which it's like fucking claws on a chalkboard when somebody's out of tune like that to me. Yeah. And so the entire, sh and the, the guy is, he's just completely fucking oblivious. He's out of tune and he's just playing along, you know, I'm drunk? Like, dude, I don't, I don't know. And it was just making me mental. Right. <laughs> and totally ruined the entire show for me. Um, <laughs> and he seems to, the other thing he does is this is going to sound so dumb, but he like plucks. A, uh, it's like he plucks obsessively, like too much. Um, what does that mean? Uh, it's like it's like, dude, you don't need to, you know, you know, we don't need 16th notes on the bass or whatever. That's like, how the song goes. <sighs> I know. And I don't like it. <laughs> you know, it could have been uh, Walter's call. Well, then Walter made a mistake. Uh, <laughs> Jamie, uh, come on. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't care for that. Uh, that, you know, it's like I was telling our friend Kelly, like the default position is that I like something. If I'm complaining about something, that means I like it and I care enough to complain to make it because I want it to be better. If I don't care about something, I just don't comment. You know what I mean? So I got to complain a little bit about this record because I, I do love it. <laughs> Have you, no. you would, well, 
Uh, I'm trying to think. I saw Quicksand play back in the 90s. Oh, yeah? They're great. But he, when I got to New York, uh, I was, you know, going around to all the hipster cafes and stuff. And I met this guy from San Diego. Um, his name is um, Nathan. John. Oh, Nathan. His name was Nathan. And he worked there. And he, you know, I was just talking to him and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I play in a band called Dead Heavens. And I was like, oh, I heard it about you guys because a friend of mine just happened to see you guys play recently like randomly and yeah. and that's walter's band so this guy's in a band oh, okay. with walter and it's like kind of garage psychedelia almost it's like it's pretty rad yeah you'd probably hate it <laughs> you never know you'd probably get a c minus <laughs> i give things that i hate way worse than a c minus come on now <laughs> <laughs> this is true because he is, is average um i also reached out to walter to see if he'd be on couch riffs and i got crickets oh really crickets yeah. he seems like he's a pretty busy guy uh, yeah he's I, got 25 bands right yeah i you know and he's producing and stuff nowadays i read a interview oh, really? with him from like yeah i read an interview from him in like t- 2018 i think he did some production He was a producer on like a hot water music record maybe so, um, you know, and I know he was like the song, uh, do you remember that band Civ? Yeah. Uh, he, I think he wrote all the music for that record. Even oh, though he really? didn't play in the band. Yeah. Huh. So. I did not know that. Yeah. So he was in Gorilla Biscuits with that Civ guy who was the singer. And I think he was in another band and he didn't want to redo the Gorilla Biscuits with, you know, cause him and. Civ together were the Gorilla Biscuits. And so uh, he just like wrote all the lyrics and music for Civ. And then Civ kind of did that record on his own without Walter playing on it. So it was a way for them to still have a musical partnership, but not piss off people by going a different direction with Gorilla Biscuits. Because, you know, hardcore fans, they're fucking assholes when anything (laughs) changes, you know. Wait a minute. Do you Ah. mean to tell me... (laughs) Do you, uh, do you follow the hard times? I do. I love the hard times. And I wrote, I wrote a great headline for him once and uh, it was crickets. Oh, well. But they have been on a tear the last couple of days with, these, oh, really? with these, um, straight edge, <laughs> straight edge stories. Which are great. Really? Yeah. They're great. Uh, I gotta, yeah, I need to, I need to look into that. I haven't seen any of their postings in a while, so. Recommended. Might have fallen, fallen out of my ag- algorithm and been replaced with pugs. So it might have fallen out of your aggro rhythm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. What? Uh, what is? Is this? What is this music? What would you? Would you call it post hardcore? I fuck. I have no idea. I'm so bad with that stuff. You know. Um. Yeah. I'm bad with uh, distances, weights, and. Uh, <laughs> categorizing (laughs) are you bad with it how are you with time uh not too bad i'm actually really good with time like like it's pretty um it's it's not out of the it's not weird for me to text jennifer i'll be there in 90 seconds you know what i mean and i'll actually be there in 90 seconds so that's yeah i'm good with time um my wife is great for just for the record great at a lot of things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but don't worry, she doesn't listen. 
I know that. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to time, mm-hmm. this is something that I constantly make fun of her about. Like, time is not her friend. Like, she, she just... <laughs> She will wake up in the morning. I'll be like, what do you want to do? And she'll give me this list, this short list of things. Mm -hmm. And then proceed, you know, just, and then proceed to say, well, let's go get lunch. And because (laughs) I know how she lunches, you know, like much differently from how I lunch. I don't sit Mm -hmm. down and fucking lay out a fucking tablecloth or whatever. You know, I'm like, I'm just like, shovel it in my mouth, get it done, move on. There's shit to do. Yeah. And so I'm every time I'm faced with this thing, like, well, you know, if we eat lunch, we're not going to get two of the four things done that you want to do. <laughs> right. And then it's, it always turns into this thing, well, why? And I'm like, well, <laughs> because they're just, because there just aren't enough hours in the day. Yeah. That's why. But she's terrible yeah. with the time. <laughs> Jennifer's not great with the time either, exactly. Um, she'll, <sighs> Like she'll be like, let's go to the shop. I have like three hours worth of work to do. And so I go to the shop thinking I have three hours to do whatever I need to do. And then like an hour and a half in, she's like, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, I'm working on a three hour project. Like, <laughs> so, Yeah. So now we drive separately to the shop when I have stuff to do and she has stuff to do. And she's always like, why don't we ride together? I'm like, because it, that never works. <laughs> like, you know, doesn't work. No. Although Jennifer's, uh, she's great at a lot of things. Um, but one thing she, she, she has a, a couple of things that are pet peeves of mine that I'm starting <laughs> to figure out a way after what, here we go, 11 years of marriage, uh, figure out how to deal with. So she, she loses everything. Right. And Christine that's fine. If she, this. Her phone. It's, it's fine. It's fine. If she loses her stuff, problem is when she loses my stuff. <laughs> so like, like, I'm like, where's the dustpan? Like, I know the dustpan lives here. Why is it not here? Um, so this week, I actually started hiding stuff from her <laughs> in little really? spots. Well, like, we get packages from Amazon every day. And there's a place where the fucking um, little razor blade lives in the drawer. And, like, so I go in there and packages. it's always fucking gone, right? So I right. I grabbed two razor blades and I hit them in the kitchen. So I... so. She'll never find them. So, and every, and so this week, every time I've gotten a package, I've gone to my little spot and the razor blade's always there. So I'm like, this is great. I need to hide or, you know, I'm not trying to hide shit from her, but like the stuff that I need to use, I need to buy my own and then just keep it somewhere where she doesn't know where it is. So, so when I need it, it's there. So how is she with uh, cell phone chargers? Oh, I, I literally just bought her another five pack of lightning cords off Amazon um, like three days ago. Yeah, this is a thing in our house. Oh, God. This and is this is not the first time I've bought her a five pack of lightning cables. Like she, like she's getting out of bed one night. I'm like, where are you going? She's like, I have to go to the office to get my charging cable. I'm like, why do you have <laughs> <laughs> why do you have one charging cable? You should have. You know, one in your car, one in the office, one in the kitchen, one I have in the bed. chargers in every room. Yeah. My phone never dies. Mine either. If I'm ever around a lightning port, I plug in, you know, yeah. like, and no, Jennifer's always at like 10%. <laughs> it's, it's like so many it's Christine like so does many the same shit. What is it? We're just like talking on the phone the phone disconnects because her fucking battery went dead or she's like my battery's about to go dead it's like how is it 
You are around power all day long. What do <laughs> you like think you it is? Do you let's dive into this for a moment. <laughs> do you think uh, that growing up like in similar ways as you and I did has something to do with making sure that that doesn't happen? Oh, you think absolutely. that there's some sort of like weird underlying security thing? Because I'll do the same thing. Like I walk in, my phone is at like 72%. I plug it in. Yeah. It doesn't matter what my phone's at. I plug, if I'm going to be in a room for a little while, it gets plugged in. Like This is the yeah. way I see it. If I'm leaving on a road trip, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm driving from Portland to San Francisco. And I'm going to listen to this record all the way. Right. <laughs> and um, I've got three quarters of a tank of gas. Mm-hmm. I I fill up before I leave. Well, of course. Because, and I don't, I don't, I don't take off with three quarters of a tank. Because right. what happens when, you know, all of a sudden you're in this fucking long stretch where there's no fucking gas to be had. Exactly. Although, you know. Uh, a lot of times I will wait to get out of the city to fill up, like, you know, I'll get on the highway and then pull oh, over and like sure. fill some bill or something at a truck stop. But yeah, no, I fill up ahead of time, you know, back in the day, I made sure I had a carton of smokes, <laughs> two lighters, <laughs> you know, like I'm fucking prepared. So yeah, it's gotten, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, if it's, yeah. Just from our, it'd be interesting to hear, you know, uh, from listeners that had normal upbringings, if they do that too. And it's just a What is a normal upbringing? Yeah, that's true. Because I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, I think my wife had a good normal upbringing. Right. You know, it's like I used to tell people, well, before we found out Bill Cosby was a rapist, I used to tell her, people that my wife's family is basically the white version of the Cosby's like it's the most well-adjusted you know and there's no bickering or fighting or backstabbing or they ate dinner together every night yeah I I don't know but it's yeah it's it's great like I remember mom sent me a a thank you card or something I was like why did she think what is this card like she's like you never got a thank you card before it's like no (laughs) right thank you for what (laughs) that's so weird you know and it was great like you know like i'd never had a like a i never had an easter um like an easter basket or anything before (laughs) you know i was like 35 and with her family and i got an easter basket (laughs) (laughs) you're like what do i do with this i was like this is great you're like i can eat like this chocolate is for me (laughs) right yeah uh so yeah she's really well adjusted, although you know, you've thrown a monkey wrench into that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of nice. Her mom wouldn't even, uh, her mom is, um, the, her dad explained it to me once, which was the best explain, explanation I've ever heard of her. Uh, he's like, Becky is a G rated person living in an R rated world, <laughs> so right. Uh, like she, she would never even say the word but and stuff, um, really. Yeah, like no swearing. And how uh, does she deal with you? Uh, I, I actually are you on got your her. best behavior? No, I'm Jamie. Is Jamie? You know, it doesn't matter who you are, and uh, love it or leave it. And uh, yeah, so she's loosened up quite a bit. Like, um, 
the one day she called me a little shit and Jennifer was like, Oh my God, my mom just <laughs> got my mom to swear. Like she said know. the sh word. <laughs> yeah, no, she called me a little shit. It was great. So she, yeah, she's loosened up. Her dad's loosened up and, uh, yeah, it's great. They're great people. I'm lucky to have them in my life, you know? So that's awesome. <clears throat> That's awesome. But I've been thinking about buying a a, a second toaster because what? Uh, yes. So <laughs> Jennifer keeps changing the fucking toaster settings. All you have to do is turn the dial. No, just look. I always put the seat down when I'm done using the toilet. Me too. Please put the toaster thing back. I use the toaster uh, every that, single that's not morning. The same. She uses it intermittently. Please just put it back. She won't that's, put it back. That's so. not the same. I'm thinking about buying my own toaster. That's not the same. Either that or super glue in the, 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 <laughs> super, glue the in the <laughs> super gluing the toilet seat up. No, no, super gluing the the slider on the toaster so they, so you can't change the. And then she'll have to buy another one. Well, whatever. That's <laughs> cause and effect. <laughs> uh, yeah, the toilet seat and the toaster settings not the same. Um. That's correct. not the same. No, correct. Because um, if I put my toast in and put the thing down and it only cooks it for like a third of the time uh, that it needs to be toasted and then I, because she turned down the thing and then I recook it, then it burns my fucking shit. Let me ask you this. When I put this. it back in my setting. I have a series of questions for you. Psychological okay. questions for you. All right. How do you like your toast? Very toasted. Like burnt. Not burnt, but, you know, Very, caramelized. Like crispy. Yeah. How do you like your marshmallows? Uh, I don't really like marshmallows. You don't toast I a guess, marshmallow? Um, I mean, I will. Uh, I don't make them black. I make them pretty brown. Mm-hmm. You don't catch it on fire and blow it out. You you toast it. Sometimes, yeah. Really? Yeah. Ugh. But like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like when there's black stuff on the marshmallow. Right. That's what happens when yeah. you catch it on fire. This is a thing that I pay Not attention always. to. Around a campfire, people's style. Okay. And it, and I never make a big deal about it, but people always make a fucking big deal about the way I toast my marshmallows. Which is how? Very patiently. Really? It's the way I do everything. Yeah, I have no patience. I do everything really slowly. Yeah. You know, I think about it a lot. <laughs> well, you just said that you eat lunch with your wife and you just scarf it down, so... With no tablecloth, so not yeah, everything is patient. That is not, it's not like a, a decision or an, that's just like a thing you do in the day. That's a thing that yeah. doesn't matter. Okay. You know, who gives a fuck about lunch? There's other shit to do. And you don't feel that way when you're cooking a marshmallow? No, because I'm cooking a marshmallow. <laughs> like I rarely so, am like, oh man, I can't wait to, you know patiently cut every fucking bite of whatever I'm eating and savor it. I'm just like, throw it in my mouth, eat it, and then get back to whatever else there is to do. So when you're cooking a marshmallow, that's like a relaxing time. So that's why you take more time? No. I mean, it just is how long it takes to toast a marshmallow without catching it on fire. Okay. And I want to toast it. I want it to be heated thoroughly you you fucking catch a marshmallow on fire like an asshole and then you're like <laughs> you catch the motherfucking thing on fire then you blow it out 
and the outside is burnt and inside you still just have a fucking marshmallow that right is fucking mellow it's not hot or even warm it's just fucking weird goo like hard goo now if you properly toast a marshmallow that is an exquisite experience it's a golden brown on the outside Mm-hmm. It might have a little bit of bubbling. It's nicely caramelized. And the inside is melted and gooey. Yeah. I got to say, I'm I'm probably right in the middle where I don't necessarily set it on fire, uh, but I definitely don't. It's been know. marshmallow season around here lately, you know? Yeah. We've been, we toasted a lot of marshmallows over the last month. And yeah, marshmallow uh, crop came in or something? Yeah. It's just the season. Everyone's got their fires. You know, we visit the neighbors and hang out uh, with some social distancing. And, right. you know, it's it's fine and good. And it's fun. And we toast marshmallows. And, and everyone is like, what are you doing? Like, I'm fucking doing the right thing. What are you doing? Except for fucking up your mu- fucking marshmallow. Ruining it. God. Um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that uh, to hear this about you because I, I I think that my expectation would be that that I'd know, be a burner from same, uh, coming from the same background as me that you would be you know because usually when you toast marshmallows around a campfire there's a limited supply and so <laughs> you're trying to get <laughs> as much as you can before someone else does. <laughs> Is typically how I work. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, maybe around the M&M bowl, but no. Nah. Because, right. I mean, how many toasted marshmallows can you really eat? Because we weren't just eating toasted marshmallows. We were making s'mores. So there's right. like yeah. fucking chocolate. You know, it's just, uh, what are you going to do? There's a limited amount of chocolate, and you need to get the most chocolate. Eh. So you need to hurry up and cook your fucking marshmallows. We, we all, this is, these are grown-up parties. There was always way more shit than you know than was needed oh way more for sure yeah now i'm like a dog i will eat until i vomit and then (laughs) eat the vomit (laughs) (laughs) no i i'm good at eating and that's how you get diabetes kids (laughs) that's true yep (sighs) anyways so yeah this (laughs) (laughs) what a record yeah, no, it's a great record. There's a couple of things I want to touch on. Uh, so I read that it was uh, produced by Luke Eben, and he's the guy that produced Bon Jovi's It's My Life song or whatever album really? that was on. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting mix-up huh. for wow. a producer. Yeah. That's um, very interesting. One of the, This other note that I have, so I was reading the Wikipedia article about the band and the album and the band members and stuff like that. And uh, this was a great uh, entry in the Wikipedia article. And I was sure that if you had read the Wikipedia article, you would have asked me if I wrote this part of the Wikipedia entry for them. (laughs) Which is... Does it talk about Fred Edge binding? No, but (laughs) close. Uh, It says, it was talking about uh, different shows the band played um, because they broke up for a little while and got back together. Um, and did some shows, but it says, uh, quote, the band played the second stage of the download festival in Donington Park, UK on the same day. Kiss headlined. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was waiting for it. Jamie, did you write this? <laughs> On the same day that kid, like there, and there you go, kids. That's how you work kiss into every single episode. <laughs> Although we are no kids about listen kids. to this, by the way. Yeah, no, it's yeah. I love looking at our uh, listener stats. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely no kids listening to this. No, no kids, no girls, no, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, it's just like. It's all a bunch of white dudes, just like 40 us. to 50 year old. Right. White dudes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's who I am. Yeah. Um, But still, you know, you're like, all right. You know what? Can I just, can I say something really quick? I catch a lot of shit from a particular friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh who busts my balls and he's like, you need to do something about your podcast. You look at the lineup and it looks like a fucking clan rally. And I'm like, it doesn't look like a clan rally. Like I'm, there are women and people of color. There's aren't that very many. And he's like, well, you need to fix it. And I'm like, fuck, you know what? I reach out to so many people and yeah. I get crickets. I get no reply. And huh. that's the truth. And it's, you know, it's frustrating and cause there's like, but what am I going to do? Force it? Like I'm, I try, I reach out to people. I ask people, right. I invite all like, ton, like tons of people every week. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, I, I know, I know that you reach out to those people and stuff, but you know, I think about my life in general, um, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, I have some black friends because, you know, I do, but not nearly as many as I do white friends. And for whatever reason, uh, it just seems like the, th- the things I'm into, um, there's not a lot of minority people involved with it, you know, although I will say there, there are a lot more, um, BMX is getting a lot more diverse, but rock and roll definitely doesn't seem to be, you know? Which is well, unfortunate, but you only listen to fucking five bands. <laughs> what the fuck would you know? <laughs> when was the last time you looked at like some hot hot one hundred new rock band playlist? Yeah. I think uh well, I don't I don't know that I've ever looked at a <laughs> you know, even in you know, the eighties or whatever, but um yeah, you know, I like Zia V. She's from Malaysia. I don't know how popular she was, but uh, I like uh, that Tame Impala guy. And that's not his uh, name. Whatever. <laughs> it's a single dude that does a band called Tame Impala. His name's Tame Impala. If you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> his name's Ray Impala. Is it? No. Oh, I don't know. Uh, and uh, I like Parquet Quartz a lot. They're kind of new, is. right? You don't know Parquet Quartz? Mm-mm. Oh yeah. Um, I actually bought their record. Really? It's probably from it's probably from like the uh, late 2010s. Uh, or no, um, what like is what's it like? <laughs> it's just indie rock, you know. Mm-hmm. Do I do I care? It's uh, I think you would like it. It kind of reminds me of it's like more of an indie rock version of um, who's that band from Portland where the members like died in a bus crash, a band crash. Um, oh. Fuck. Uh, Modern Kicks was one of their songs. Yeah, they're called the Heart Heart Burning Hearts Heartbreakers. The Heart. Uh, 
um, exploding hearts exploding hearts yeah 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 they kind of remind me of like a indie rock version of exploding hearts like real jangly clean power pop yeah so that I band like them. is a that band has like legend status. Yeah, you know, legend status. They were a great band. Too bad what happened to them. That's terrible. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, there's a band in the late '90s, early 2000s called Exploding Hearts, and I think their record might be called Modern Kicks. Um, definitely check it out. It's a great, great album. They were like leading the charge on the. Is that still a thing? The sort of power pop revival? I don't know. Oh, the guitar is called the song's called Guitar Romantics. And yeah, in two thousand July of two thousand three, uh, they were playing San Francisco and the driver of their van fell They're asleep near Eugene. Yeah, driving home from San Francisco. They were just kids too, man. Uh yeah. um They're like eighteen, nineteen. Uh, early 20s, so the oldest one was 23, Gage was 21, uh, thrown from the vehicle, found dead at the scene. Uh, Fitzgerald died at the hospital, guitarist, Terry Six, 21, and uh, only subs- uh, only had minor injuries. So, yeah, it's awful. A couple of them died in that crash. And, that yeah, they had so much ahead of them, you know? Yeah. So. I would rather yeah. go like that. I mean, I'd rather go, you know, not like that, but right. I'd rather go sleeping. Yeah. I, Jesus, I don't want to talk about this again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. I mean, because the thing is, they probably weren't sleeping. They probably woke up for a few seconds, you know? Right. And I'm sure it was terrifying. What a bunch of fucking terror. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be scared when I die. Then live a righteous life. Yeah. I tried. That's hard. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. I wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't, yeah. Uh, Uh, Anyways. I I like to think I'm not afraid of dying, you know? But I I don't want to die. Yeah. Yet. I I certainly don't want to fucking live forever. Fuck that. My body is already hurting. Like, yeah. why do I want to wait to see it get worse? That sounds terrible, right? Well, I mean, is you know, it's already getting bad, you know? No, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, you don't want it to keep getting worse. No, I get it. I, um, you know, when I feel like we bring this up a lot, and I... Last thing I didn't want to do is talk about this stuff. But, you know, when I had the health scare, uh, there was a little while there where I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. And it was the scariest thing in the world, thinking, you know, not knowing if you're going to live or not. And, right. you know, up until then, I was always like, I've, and because I've had, I have, I've had a crazy life. Like, and I've done so many things. Like, I've packed so much stuff into this life. Um, that I always thought, like, if I die tomorrow, it's okay. And then when I was faced with, you could die, we're not sure if you're going to live, I was like, holy fuck, I want to live. Like, I do not want to die. This is really scary. <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, it was at that point I was like, I want to live to be 100. You know, like, I'm so scared. Really, though? Um, I don't know that I want to live to be 100 because I know what that means as far as, like. Oh, sounds terrible. You know. 
degenerating and stuff, but I definitely don't want to die. So ever, I don't know. Not right now. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that doesn't, that's, ask that me doesn't how mean I ever. feel. Ask me how I feel when, you know, uh, my physical, you know, I've lost physical ability to do things and stuff. I may feel different, but yeah, not at 42 or 46. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't nah. want to die right now, but another uh, fucking upbeat show in the books. <laughs> and this is hardcore. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad. We, we hardly even talked about this record. It's a great record. People it, need, yeah. just need to go listen to it. I don't want to like, I don't know. Uh, you know, oh, one thing, one thing that's interesting. Um, the name of the band is actually taken from a video game. Really? Yeah. So I remember hearing about this when it came out. They wanted the band to be called Rival Schools United by Fate, but there's a video game that was, uh, and I looked into it today. So the video game was released in '97, and then was the number one game in Japan in '98. And then this record came out in August of 2001. So it's not even like you know. And they took the the name of the band and the album from that video game. It's not like it was a chance. You know, <laughs> well, he was that like, would be that's a such pretty... a cool thing, like rival schools united by fate. Right. Uh, and so he, you know, appropriated that for the name of the band. Um, and because the full title of the game was rival schools united by fate, they had to name the band rival schools and then they named the album united by fate. So right. to avoid any kind of copyright, whatever. But I wonder you know, if they toured, uh, did you say that it was Japanese? Yeah. Well, uh, it was the number one game in Japan in 98. But, I mean, they, they definitely released. I wonder if released... they toured to Japan. Uh, I don't know. That's a great way to <laughs> promote your band to go just to an area. Up. Just like, look at what is the most popular thing there. It's like hashtagging, <laughs> but in, like, practical. <laughs> right, right. Like, all right, let's see. What do you want to tour, Jamie? Yeah. Huh? That's funny. Where do you want to tour? Australia? All right. Me? No. Vegemite. I want to tour. The band Gresham is called Vegemite Virginia. Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I would want to tour like Gresham and Beaverton probably. <laughs> so you can sleep in your own bed at night. So, uh, yeah, it's a PlayStation game. And if you, it, the, the great thing is if you, uh, Google, um, if you do a Wikipedia search for rival schools, the video game comes up first and then the band, it says, you know, for a band, see rival schools band. It's kind of like when you do a Wikipedia search for Mike Squires, the baseball player comes up. Right. And then to find you. And then it says for the DJ rapper. No. Here. Do you know that really? there's, yeah, there's a, there's a kid. He's probably in his early twenties named Mike Squires. That's why I am the Mike Squires on Instagram. No, There's really. There's this kid, yeah, called Mike Squires, and he's like a kid from Connecticut who is like a hip-hop producer. Yeah, so when I uh, do a search for Mike Squires on Wikipedia, uh, the baseball player shows up and you show up, and then, he, I mean, the baseball player is the first guy. Yeah. And then it says, for the American musician, see Mike Squires' musician. So uh, there's no mention of the people constantly tag that guy and I'm sure oh. it drives him nuts. <laughs> That's great. 
<laughs> Whatever. That's funny. You want to grade this fucking thing? Yeah. Me first. Okay. Great record. Sequenced really well. There's a you know, there are a couple of sure. songs where you're yeah. like, I love a an album that starts with a drum roll. Yeah. First of all. Love it. Okay. So, you know, you want to impress me? Start your album with a drum roll. It's dramatic <laughs> and fucking killer. Um you know, there are some kind of there are definitely some funny song like songs on here that are like, oh, that's really poppy. Right. Right? Where it's almost like some kind of like, oh, you're you're into like you're into the who, like sixties who. Right, right. And almost like post Nirvana kind of like whatever it was that they were listening to. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Um but it it's not it's not what I thought it was gonna be you know, at all. So were you um, a listener of quicksand? I I listen to quicksand occasionally. It's not, I've never went through a phase where I'm just like, fuck yeah, quicksand is, is my band. Right. And that's what I'm listening to for the next four months. But you knew quicksand well enough to like go to a show and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So w- what were you expecting? Like, a continuation of quicksand, yeah, poppy version of quicksand, like something completely yeah, I don't different. Know. I, I don't know. Okay. But it's, I mean, it's clear and obvious that this Walter guy is super talented. Super talented. Yeah. You know, great songwriter, also loves vibe, you know? Yeah. And uh, has no shortage of, of musical vocabulary, which is great. Right. I love that. Yeah. Um, B plus. Nice. Yeah. B plus. So go. Going by uh, my grading scale. <laughs> A plus. <laughs> Dickhead. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think the the sounds uh, on this album are great. It's really well produced. Um, it uses effects, which I typically don't care for, like wah pedal and vibrato and phaser. And, you know, and they do, uh, th- there's times where they do studio tricks that I don't really care for, which is like um, when they cut all the bass out of the the drums and then slowly add the bass you know so it sounds like it's it starts out sounding like it was just, you're listening to it on a telephone right and then it i don't really care for those studio tricks um i never even noticed that the album is so well done i never even noticed that stuff until this week when i right. sat down to like listen to it like oh they're doing a bunch of shit i typically don't like when did people start doing that gag where there's like some know. sort of like weird filter you know like right eq filter yeah yeah i don't know um but typically I, I don't like that stuff and i mean that record and the songs are so good i never even notice it you know in 20 years of listening to this album until this last week um you know all the musicians on this record are fantastic with the uh, i i don't want to pick on the bass player <laughs> you know like I just too I, late. Yeah. Sorry, dude. Um, I mean, he's a good bass player. He just does stuff that I find grating and being tuned sharp was that is a live put, performance thing. Put a That's damper, not, doesn't have anything to do with the yeah, record. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, Walter is a fucking great singer. Uh, his, you know, the melodies, the vocal melodies he writes are great. Yeah. Uh, his voice is great. Um, he's a good guitar player and a great songwriter. Like, and not just in this band, you know, he's been in uh, a number of bands that 
um, kind of sp- span a lot of different subgenres, which is really impressive. He's not just a one trick pony. Um, you know, I was thinking today, I was like, man, if there's any musician that deserves to be like a millionaire, it's this dude. <laughs> like he's been active for a long time, putting out a lot of great music. Um, and he's super talented. So yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not like a fanboy or whatever, but super impressed with that dude. He was in youth of today. Yeah. Uh, he was in youth of today. He was in, um, uh, was he in judge too? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Some, he was in war zone. I don't know them. Youth of today. Todd youth was in youth of today. Go figure. (laughs) Really? God, wait a minute. What a coincidence. Am I wrong about that? Wait a minute. Am I wrong about that? Maybe I'm wrong Joe, about that. I think Johnny Ramone was in the Ramones. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Youth was not in... What the fuck? What, what is wrong with me? I really I thought. Although, uh, Youth of Today, this guy, Ray Capo, he lives... I swear he lives up here near me now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think he lives up here near me. He's... I think he's a Krishna guy, and I think he teaches yeah. yoga. I might be yep. wrong about this. The Christian thing sounds right. Um, I, I remember in the 90s, um, I was friends with some hard, you know, kids that were into New York hardcore, which I despise. Uh, and they were getting into Krishna stuff. Um, and I think it was due to that guy being into it. Right. So Todd Youth is in Murphy's Law. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was in a lot of fucking bands. This He was in yeah. more bands. He Listen, he... Played with he played with Danzig and really yeah he even was play I think he filled in some shows with Motorhead he played with Ace Freely he played uh with Marky Ramone who is this Todd Todd Youth he passed away a few years ago um he and then he also played in Murphy's Law Agnostic Front and played with Glenn Campbell. Damn. Which is incredible. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I forgot all about that. And I just think that it's incredible. Yeah. Cheap Trick is listed on there on his Wikipedia page. Is he a drummer? Oh, he's a guitar player. Cheap Trick is listed? Yeah. Todd Youth discography uh, with Cheap Trick 2.9. Huh. Yeah. It says Murphy's Law, The Home Records, Degeneration, Chrome Locust, Son of Sam, Danzig. The Chelsea Smiles, Glenn Campbell, Cheap Trick, Blood Clot, and Fireburn. Wow. So, that yeah, guy made the rounds. Yeah, most certainly did. Hmm. I, I met him in died. Japan. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, on tour. Was he still young? Well. Wait, he died young. 12, oh, 47. Yeah. Wow. No, he's like my age. Yeah. Hmm. That's... <laughs> Fucking HR and Dr. No from uh, Bad Brains performed as a memorial. That's pretty awesome. Right? Yeah. That's, you know, you know, you're one of the dudes. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't think Ace really is coming to my fucking thing, so. Or Greg Ginn. I don't want him at mine. <laughs> yeah, he seems like kind of a douche. I mean, wouldn't you want, I would want someone, I would want, <laughs> I would want someone to just, I would want like, Yoko owner to perform at my wake or someone that plays like experimental free noise. Oh God. That just like, just drives people out. Just get the fuck out of here and go live your Paul Simon. (laughs) 
like Leonard Cohen. <laughs> uh, like Bob Dylan. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, just like, get out of here. Don't fucking sit around here crying. Go, not that anyone's <laughs> going to cry when I die, but my dogs until oh, they find someone else to feed them. But uh, just get the fuck on with it and yeah, like have a good time. For sure. Maybe that's yeah. how the show, it would be a show, and that's how the show closes, with a free <laughs> jazz noise ensemble. And that's how you know that, that's how you know it's over. There you go. Get the fuck out. A good idea. Yeah. You never gave it a grade. Uh, yeah, well, um, so it gets an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Yes. Even though you hate the bass player. Uh, the, so here's the thing. Um Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, there's nothing I would change about the record. Really? With the No. Um, although seeing them play and his overplucking uh, makes it really noticeable when I listen to the record now. I'm just like, oh, we stop with them. We let the fucking notes ring out a little bit, dude. You're so like, petty. You don't need to. You buy some new bass springs so they bass strings. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll actually ring, you know. It's like you're not playing a bass with brown wombs or anything, you know. Yeah, that's in the weeds. Anyways, yeah, it's a great record, man. I love it. It's one of my favorites. A plus, though. Yeah, dude. Yep. You're an A plus a hole. <laughs> Why? <laughs> a plus. I just. What? What about this record could be improved? I mean, A plus is you know, A plus is. I don't even know what's A plus. You know, uh, a, a plus is, uh, when the record comes on, I'm psyched. A plus is there's no, if it's a plane on a CD player, there's no songs I have to skip. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't how know if that? there's an album in the world with a song that I wouldn't skip at some really? point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, you know, kinda... I was kind of thinking about that, about this record with the last song. Um, it's just an, it's, it's an instrumental, um, and it's a little weak, but it's a good last song. You know what I mean? Like, hey, this is right. the end. You know, this is the closing of the record. What's your favorite a, Beatles album? Uh, probably the white. Uh, probably the white album, I guess. Really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I you because know, I came up. Because <laughs> uh, I love Helter Skelter, uh, Blackbird. You know, there's so much good stuff on that record. Right. I mean. Granted, there are some stinkers, but you know, I even love Rocky. Rocky what is it? Rocky Raccoon. It's fucking great. It's totally a weird song. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Why do you ask about the Beatles? Well, I'm just because I'm thinking about albums that are, you know, cl absolute classics, undeniable, you know, pillars. Rain. And yeah. and I think about listening to those records, and depending on my mood, I'll fucking skip anything. I'll skip Purple uh, we, Rain. You know, there are times where I'm tired of listening to a particular song from an album, but, um, you know, like Exile and Guy Bill's the same way. Like, I've never listened to it. Oh, God, dude. I can't wait till it gets picked. It's so good. Although, I'm, you know, I'm not going to listen to it until it gets picked. Nah, you shouldn't. Well, <laughs> you should in case you die <laughs> before. And never it gets have the picked. opportunity. Yeah, you'll be totally bummed. That you, what? Well, I'll be bummed for you. I know a lot of, of men, 
my age who are really into this record and and i can't help but wonder which record the exile guy bill yeah yeah i can't help but wonder if because i've never heard huh i think i know where you're going with this because i've never heard it i have no idea but i can't help but wonder if it is because these friends of mine are have this um idea in their head about uh liz fair i don't even know what she looks like uh, she's interesting looking, <laughs> but I've literally never heard a woman say, Oh, Liz fair ex exile and Guyville, my favorite record. Uh, I don't know that I've heard a woman say that, but, um, I know multiple women that love that record. Oh, good. Okay. Case in point, uh, we no. had a couple of weeks ago, we got a voicemail, a voice message or whatever on anchor from a female listener. And she asked us when we're going to do exile and Guyville. So was it because she knows that you love it or because she loves it. <laughs> I think she likes it, but she also knows that I like it. Right. Yeah. I rest my case. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know that I want to get into the discussion of that record, but I think that um, that record has a lot of like sex positive references in it or maybe just references to sex in general, which, you know, we're is impressionable. Impre- appealing. <laughs> left an impression on 20-something Gen right? X guys. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I know that I've definitely seen um, women not be too psyched about other women who are sexually suggestive. Right. So I don't know if that's, you know, the issue, why we're not seeing that many women talk about this record but and and, you know maybe that's why a lot of men do like it you know right so probably yeah i will say i don't care for any of her other records (laughs) really (laughs) yeah because none of them are about screwing uh probably (laughs) (laughs) wow all right hey um it's fucking midnight here yeah dude and i uh i'm going to sleep we need to figure out a way to record every hour of the day. Well, not not in one day, but like <laughs> just like we twenty four hours of live podcasting. Re- oh God, we record at three a.m. my time, midnight your time. Yeah, all kinds of all all different points of the day. So, I wonder if we could do some sort of a publicity stunt where <laughs> we live podcast for twenty four hours and call and have people call in and we have it scheduled throughout a 24-hour period where we talk about particular records. That'd be cool. I was telling John that uh, we should start our OnlyFans where we people can tune into the live stream of us uh, recording and then they get to hear all the stuff that we have to cut up every episode. <laughs> uh, but then, then we have to hold a, a tight schedule. Right, yeah. I mean, I suppose that this... Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, we would... Uh, John was telling me that we should put the podcast on YouTube um, for some reason. Apparently, a lot of people listen to podcasts on YouTube. I just started putting Couchress up there. Yeah, I noticed that. And so I was thinking that... Um, yeah, so then it turned into, yeah, we should do OnlyFans where we film ourselves uh, doing the podcast, but we do it topless. <laughs> 
So us two fat old pasty That'd white be like fucking That would definitely be some jump in the shark shit. <laughs> we'll start doing that when we start running out of good records. Wow. Yeah. It, uh, I don't even know what to say. I'm fucking t- <laughs> so tired, dude. Go to bed, dude. All right. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you. Um, what do we got next week? Uh, next week. <laughs> This is not the guy's name. The band is called Tame Impala. It is Tame Impala. Tame Impala. Yes, that's what's next week. I don't know. His the name guy's is name. Dane. I thought you said his name was Mark. His name is Dane Impala. <laughs> <laughs> All right, motherfucker. What's the guy's Maybe name? Maybe he's, he's like the guy his in Pastor Kevin Pussycat. Parker. His name is Tammy Impala. Oh shit! His name's his name's Kevin Parker. And he's from Australia. I bet his name is Ted. <sighs> Ted Impala. Let's see if I can piss off the continent of Australia any more than I already have. <laughs> no one in Australia has listened. <laughs> really? I thought we had some Australian listeners. Really? Um, you know, it's interesting. You can see, like, generally speaking, people listen to this much of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, I haven't seen that part. Uh, yeah, you can see, like, where we lose people. Oh, really? Pretty sure. Oh, I haven't noticed that. Uh, yeah, we have 2% of our listeners are from Australia, dude. Is that right? Yeah. Well, good day. <laughs> uh, I don't think I have anything left to s- nasty to say about Australia. So well, you've never been thing. there. No, I haven't. How could you say anything nasty about something you don't know anything about? I didn't say anything nasty about Australia. I took issues with some things about Australia, and you tried to take me to task on them. Was it kind of like calling <laughs> Canadian award winners regional awards or whatever? Like? That's exactly what it was. You were talking about <laughs> how fucking, uh, what's the name of that band? Uh, Midnight Oil yeah. won, recently won some Australia award. And I was like, well, of course they did. And you were acting like it was a big deal. And I pointed out that... Uh, the number of people in Australia is less than the number of people in California, so it's no different than winning a regional award. You're a dick. I'm not a dick. <laughs> Time for this conversation. I, I am a dick, but that's not a dick statement. Totally is. Ah. Totally is. It's a little region. I mean, it's, it's a, a continent. Way, but, uh, yeah, but, well, that would be like being like, okay, so if that's the, the case, then uh, what if I won the Antarctic Award for best band in the Antarctic, you don't live the there. Only, this I'm, is a, I'm the this only, is a stupid story. But if I was if I was there, uh, I'm the only. This band is a there. stupid story. You don't it's, live there. It's the same thing. All right, uh, you ask me where I want to go. I want to go to the Arctic and where there or the Antarctic where no one's there, and bring my wife, and she'll vote for me to be the best band. Then I will have won. Do you know who major, played a concert? A there? major continental. Metallica award. played a concert there once. I did see that actually. <laughs> so weird and cool. Yeah, those guys are yeah, running out of places to play. What the fuck? Why have they not played in space yet? I don't know, but I I would love to do that. I know. God damn you and the fucking <laughs> wanting to go to space on every episode. <laughs> I mean, it's my going to space is my kiss. That's crazy. Uh, apparently there's a new documentary about the Columbia disaster. Yeah, I need to watch it. It's, I haven't watched it, but I heard it's pretty good. Time for me to go, buddy. All right, dude.
You're <laughs> the best. Week, I'll talk to you later. That Bye. was so, so much fun. <laughs> All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Go to the